and beyond welcome into the phly phillies podcast playoff week edition and as our caption and title says there yes the waiting is the hardest part renee i feel like i've been waiting for tuesday for like two and a half weeks now and we're not that far away and it still feels so far away but it is red october it's exciting as hell i can't wait to get in the stadium feel that atmosphere again and hopefully watch the phillies take on the miami marlins in a um pressure-free, feed-up kind of way, but we all know that's not reality. Oh, yeah. Welcome to you guys joining in. Yes, fry the fish. It's it's exciting because Ugh. we've been talking about what will the matchup be. Red October's around the corner. The, well, the calendar is already past October, which in itself is insane, but it's wild that we are done the regular season officially and headed into the playoffs, and I could not be more excited, especially since we're going to be able to be at the ballpark to watch playoff baseball in Philly. Yeah, and stay tuned. Uh, you know, you can head to allphly.com, phl PHLY underscore sports, PHLY underscore Phillies. We're going to be giving away tickets to game two, which we're so excited for because uh, that means we get to meet some of you awesome people and Tyreek and Rick and Mickey and all and Casper the Ghost and Mopar <laughs> and all you nut jobs in the chat. We love you guys. So we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to Wednesday's game, which is awesome. We're going to be having a tailgate. And where else but the Jetro lot, the most oh, yeah. Philadelphia lot uh, in the world. And it's going to be an awesome time this week. It's so exciting. But yes, it is official. The Miami Marlins are coming into South Philadelphia. And I hate to be the bearer of reality. This is a tough series. It is. is. This is who I didn't want. I I much preferred the Arizona Diamondbacks, personally. Uh, Now they get the pleasure of going to Milwaukee and taking on the Brewers. Anytime you get a divisional opponent that knows you as well as the Marlins know the Phillies, it always makes my butt get a little tight. Ew. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's the my uh, you know my mastering of the English language there, Renee. Um, yeah, it's just they know the Phillies really well. Help. They took the season series this year from them, seven games to six games. So they know the Phillies well. And the other problem, which we'll dive into here a little bit more, is they have a lot of left-handed pitchers, both in the rotation and the bullpen. Uh, and the Phillies are a, a lefty dominant team. So mm-hmm. this is not going to be easy. Uh, you do have the advantage of Citizens Bank Park and the best home field advantage in baseball. Uh, but your thoughts on the Marlins coming to town here as opposed to the Diamondbacks? Well, I actually, since I was flying in from Florida this morning, was on a flight with some Marlins fans. Ugh. And I was like, and I overheard the one guy was so loud and like, oh, my team's going in the playoffs. I'm flying to go watch my team. And yeah. the people in the airport like had no idea who he was talking about because elsewhere in the world, they don't care about their teams, especially in like somewhere in like Miami, Fort Lauderdale area. They're sure. not paying attention. If you were to talk about my team in a Philly airport, everyone knows who you're talking about. So I was like, haha, typical. But it was it was annoying. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. You guys are 
coming to town. But look, it's not the ideal matchup. As we talked about, the Marlins have been a team that the Phillies have struggled with in the regular season. But what I love is we're not in the regular season anymore. No, and we're not. although they took the, the season series, the most important games are the, the two, the next two winning those two, being at home, more on the line. I really feel like the Phillies have taken the last couple of series to fine-tune some things. So I'm feeling extremely optimistic heading into the playoffs because being at home and being with the bullpen, having been in a, in a better place, yeah, hitting looks great. You know, we've seen adjustments down the stretch. So I'm, I'm super optimistic and excited about it. I don't, I'm not even worried about what happened yeah, I in the regular season. They're a fraud fan base, and they've had kind of bad ownership where they always develop good young players and then sell them off constantly. Yeah. My cousin John has a thing where he's trying to get to every major league ballpark in the country. So he picks one stadium a year to go to. And he went to the Marlins series two weekends ago and said the place was like empty and he got tickets out yeah. on the corner. And this was a team that caught fire at the end of the season, mm -hmm. you know, one lot, five of their last six games where the diamondbacks uh, kind of squandered the end of their year. Yep. It, you know, it's not the most intimidating fan base in the world when their stadium is empty all the time. Uh, but unfortunately that doesn't translate to the roster they have. Uh, they do have uh, Luis Arise a little banged up. He did say mm -hmm. he's going to play, uh, but this is a pesky team. And, you know, I saw somebody in the chat there. Ryan says the Marlins are a threat. Uh, Rick says good point about the left-handed pitcher. And Mickey says, you know, they have 46 total fans. Um, <laughs> so, you know, well, they, they are a little bit of a headache. Any divisional opponent is a headache. You saw it yesterday with the Eagles yeah. and Commanders game in D.C. Commanders yeah. might not be the best team in the world, but it's that divisional familiarity with one another uh, that just, you know, look, I think the Phillies are going to win. But I do – I don't want to disrespect the Marlins because they're a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, on the side of the fans – point that you're making that area is a lot of transplants like I was actually sure. walking the beach and stumbled onto Eagles fans and found a whole Philadelphia Eagles <laughs> bar in Florida of course and there was like one Dolphins fan in the bar actually watching the <laughs> Dolphins get beat up by the Bills but I'm like wow everywhere you go you find Eagles fans you can't say the same about any Miami sports fans and even like the one that was being loud and obnoxious in the airport was a Jets fan and a Marlins fan. I'm like, this is what you get with these other cities. We're not, we're not used to that. If you're a Philly sports fan, you're a fan of all the Philly sports teams. But I agree with you on the on the playing side that it's absolutely not going to be a cakewalk. And we knew, regardless who the Phillies played against in the wild card round, it was not going to be easy. The Cubs, the Diamondbacks, the Marlins, actually the Cubs and the Diamondbacks mostly just could not win games down the stretch, and were struggling to get results. And the Marlins being able to to get their first postseason appearance and 20 years, what is it, four times in their entire club's history that yeah, they made it to the playoffs. Yeah, series out of those four yeah, appearances somehow. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> this is absolutely a team you cannot take lightly, and we have seen the matchup be a problem for the Phillies. That's what, as you talk about the pitching side, that's what's been the, a really annoying aspect about Miami is that they're that, like, annoying team that against other opponents maybe doesn't do as well than against the Phillies. Yeah, they play Just up. play at a whole different level that yeah. <laughs> they, they always rise to the occasion against the Phillies. And come postseason time where it's anybody's game, that's what makes it absolutely a little bit more nerve-wracking. Yeah, and the chat's, you know, fired up about it. Casper says they give up <laughs> runs. Yes, uh, yes, I love do. a divisional matchup to get ready for the Braves. Uh, I'm not going to speak ahead to the Braves yet because I don't want to do that. I want to yeah. get a feel for game one. Uh, but Spiral Out says, look, the run differential between these teams is huge. The Marlins are a minus 54 on the year. Phillies yep. are a plus 81. And there's no doubt that the Phillies have a much superior offensive lineup than the Marlins do. Uh, the Marlins just have a, 
I always call them just a bunch of ball players, yeah. like a, a bunch of guys that might not make all-star teams. Uh, but you know, Derek Jeter and that that staff down there has put together a, a good pesky group of baseball players, and you know they're not going to be on Sports Center every night, but they mm-hmm. can you know give you those tough at bats and and grind down. And uh, look, we talked about the the home field advantage of Citizens Bank Park. Well, according to Elias Sports Bureau, which, God, I want a membership to that because that would just be a lot of fun. Uh, teams with 30 or more playoff games at home, the Phillies have a 66% win percentage, which mm-hmm. is the best in baseball. Number two is Shea Stadium for the Mets, but they don't play in the playoffs. Uh, they don't so, know what it's like to play yeah. playoff baseball. And that was Shea Stadium, not even in shitty field. Um, so Citizens Bank Park continues to be the best home field advantage in baseball. And look, we all got drunk literally and figuratively on Red October last year. Mm-hmm. And I can already I can sense the the itchiness to get back in that stadium and let those Marlins know uh, where they're playing. And, you know, we've heard the Phillies talk about it all year. And Trey Turner, as part of the reason why he signed here, yeah. you know, Bryce Harper said on, on the night that they won the, or they clinched the playoff spot that that Citizens Bank Park was only at a four out of ten. Well, it's going to be 10 out of 10 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That place is going to be intimidating. It's going to be jumping. Uh, and I can't wait to see it and feel it and just be in there. Uh, so that is a huge advantage in this series. Us, the it fans, is. and you sickos in the, in the chat here, we are a big advantage. <laughs> Not jobs, sickos. I love that you're attacked. These are our friends. Yeah, I say Amy. that in an endearing, loving You're one of, of those way. friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, but what I, what you're, the other part of this is when we're talking about playoffs and just – the pressure that the playoffs bring, everyone's not built for the postseason. It's a whole different mental game, you know? And when you look at, I know um, in the chat, somebody was mentioning the the Marlins didn't make the playoffs in the COVID season, but in a full actual season, this is their first time in, in in 20 seasons. And coming into Red October, you know, seeing the even the the way they were both celebrating, like for the Marlins, it was like no goggles in the clubhouse. We <laughs> want to feel the burn. You know, this is something we want you to feel and remember years from now. Whereas the Phillies, like, yeah, we were here last year. You know, we're gonna celebrate, of course. We're gonna go all out. We're gonna then go win the Hangover game afterwards as well. But we have been here before, and I think even that aspect of having that World Series run, as much as we um, have talked about it, it really does pay off come this part of the season when you understand the game within the game. So, yeah, I, I agree. Like, it's without a doubt a tough matchup, but I'm, I'm feeling like the Phillies have really, between last year's experiences and this, even the final weeks, have been moving in a direction that we can feel better about Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. We can feel better about... Jose How, Alvarado. Jose Alvarado. It's, it's the bullpen has has been our biggest area of concern. And so that's why we're not looking ahead to Atlanta. We've got to take care of business, control what we can control, which is game one on Tuesday, start there, and then game two on Wednesday. And hopefully we don't even need a game three because the Phillies are closing out. Yeah, I don't know if my uh, anxiety and blood pressure can take a game three. <laughs> uh, because, you know, I don't, I don't I, we talked about it last week or the week before. Playoff baseball does something to me that the other sports don't I, I don't know if it's because it's so pitch to pitch and like at any moment obviously at any moment a game can change but in the NBA NHL uh, and even the NFL it's more like you kind of see it coming like yeah momentum kind of develops in baseball it can just come out of nowhere and like one strikeout uh, I think of Brett Meyer CC Sabathia uh, you know like stuff like that can just change everything like that so something about baseball playoffs really has me 
anxious and pacing and on the edge of my seat. Um, it's it's exhilarating when it goes yeah. well for you, uh, but it's torturous when it doesn't go well for you. So I'm just I'm gonna be uh, a, an emotional roller coaster this week. So uh, I'm just giving you and some of the uh, the chat people in here uh, <laughs> a heads up on that because yeah, when you when you see Jamie. At Citizens Bank Park, Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, I might be pacing in the aisle. <laughs> pacing back and forth. I might have to go do a lap around the stadium. Yeah, exactly. Although you're not wearing your flip-flops, as you've clarified. But, because um, of the peace shrapnel, yes. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, we've got Rickus Angle, Ryan Kirkring's going to be Phil's ace in the hole. Look, you guys are so smart. Our big, Captain happy, Kirk, freaky Mickey. family at Spiral <laughs> says, you guys are so swaggy in the chat. Love it. You're very, you're very caught up on all the lingo. But it is very intimidating because I feel like with the way between the bullpen and the batting order, it's like you just never know. You just never know. And in other sports, it's the same players typically on the field, on the court, together, and you're kind of getting a vibe of what that momentum's like. But in the bullpen, you can have a pitcher take the mound and the entire momentum change, or a batter's up and everything has, you know, a, you get a home run and now the entire game opens up. So it is very unpredictable. I feel that if you're pacing, don't worry. Yeah. Go pace away. You might have to drink an extra beer just to calm yeah, my nerves a little for bit. Sure. But again, you guys, that's where you can join us for the fun and uh, be a part of all the action of even seeing the unfiltered side of how we watch the games too. Yeah, and, and <laughs> if you're curious what will or when we'll be broadcasting this week, we're going to be doing some pre and post game work for each game. Uh, so, yes. you know, we're going to be tying down those times here after the show today. We are going to have a tailgate in the Jetro lot on Wednesday. Hope to meet some of you. Yeah, fine hopefully you folks. guys are there, going to be there also. I see. Awesome. I, I know you guys have been commenting about it, but hopefully you're going to be there. Let us know. Tyler and Jamie let you know where we were sitting. I was saying to leave it a surprise and a secret. So it was like a where Where's Waldo. Oh, good. <laughs> Maybe they did too. Um, I'm thinking like a Where's Waldo. You've got to find us at Citizens Bank Park. We know, you know where we'll be at the tailgate, but find us in the ballpark yeah so we'll <laughs> give you some information after the show today on our twitter account at phly underscore phillies uh it's gonna be real simple we basically just want you to follow our our twitter account and subscribe to the podcast and one lucky person is gonna be able to attend the game with a friend or family member and i always love that like if you want a pair of tickets to the game and you had one extra seat who's that ticket going to renee oh well, i'm putting you on the spot because know. if i didn't take my wife she might leave me so, like, I'm kind of locked into that. And that's she, for, like, any game. Phillies is her number one. Like, yeah. she, she's a Phillies girl, and, and Julia, you know, a friend of ours, like, same. Like, Phillies are number one. Uh, so if I didn't take her, she would probably kill me. Who's Renee's ticket going to if you had to make that choice? Uh, it's a real tough one. Oh, it is tough. So I always, I think I typically end up taking one of my close friends. Okay, not Because family. my family, the problem is, like, how do I just pick one person? Like, yeah. all, I'm close with all my siblings. I'm close with both my parents. Yeah. It's hard to just pick one. So unless we're, like, all going... I can't. I can't do that. I don't want. I don't want to create tension. Couldn't you just skip the sisters and brother and go right to dad or mom? I could. I've done that Get actually. Some I've been at, like I went. To, I went to. I remember going to a game with my brother. I've gone to a game with each person in my family, and okay. it's it's tough. You kind yeah. of had to rotate, but it is. It is. It is really hard. And there's. I mean, there's four of us for. My, I have three siblings. Both my parents were all sports junkies. So it's like, how do you pick one? You yeah. just pull this. And then there's my five-year-old nephew who's all into everything too. You can't so, waste a playoff ticket on the five-year-old. I mean, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. 
<laughs> Actually, I shouldn't say that. The, you uh, should not the, say that. The kid yesterday went viral at the Eagles game. If I bring my, exactly. Yeah. Hey, and you, who knows? You bring, in fact, you shouldn't be bringing a kid because now in the hel- if a helmet gets tossed All in right. the crowd or anything, you're more likely to get something. Here's People why like you don't the bring the kids. The start times. <laughs> Let's talk about oh, it. Oh, it's so I, late. I feel like, you know, let me preface this. <sighs> I know I'm an old man yelling in the clouds and nobody cares. <laughs> But the 8 o'clock start time for all three games, I don't know how you feel about it. We'll, we'll get your opinion in a second. I personally hate it. Uh, I love day baseball and day beers and people playing hooky and, like, cutting out of work and school or whatever you got to do to make it happen. Uh, and not to mention getting home at a decent hour. And not to mention the ability for my, my kids, who love the Phillies now, to watch the game. So the 8 o'clock game sucks for kids. Uh, because most of them can't watch the full game. Two, selfishly, uh, we'll probably be doing the post-game show at like 11.30 or mm-hmm. t- to 12.30 at night. So my sleep is affected. <laughs> um, so I personally hate the 8 o'clock games. I know a lot of people said, well, for us normal 9-to-5ers, it's actually beneficial. Is it though? Some people were saying, you know, my kids' sports leagues are at 6, so I can still get home and watch the game. What are Renee Washington's thoughts on the 8 <laughs> o'clock start time? <laughs> and if you're in the chat, let, let us know. Are you pro 8 o'clock or, or anti 8 o'clock? Because I, I'm Grandpa Simpson yelling at the clouds here. First of all, I love the fact that people are volunteering themselves to come with me to the game. <laughs> you're only making my job more difficult to have to pick someone. That's not, it's not easy to pick someone. Um, and yes, the, the Porter Potty and I will <laughs> I'll be yes. ready for them <laughs> but um, well, you know what to do now I know what to do now guys I know how to act in a porter potty bring sanitizer <laughs> with you listen the eight o'clock start time does not help anyone there are several issues here all right for the good. nine to fivers if you're going to an eight o'clock game or even just watching it from home you got to be up the next morning yeah. and you can't really enjoy watching versus if it was like an earlier game maybe you're leaving work a little bit early you can start as you talk about start drinking early now you're in bed so you can get up Sunshine. the next day Baseball. And it just sun, makes sense. And the warmth and the sunshine uh, and everybody with their, you know, Phillies gear on and yeah, so some I people, earlier I'm time. actually surprised. More people say it stinks than not. Mike Bishop because said it's 8 off, o'clock I'd even stinks. rather at 7 o'clock. Yeah. 8 o'clock is It's a shame solely. that there isn't a West Coast team uh, that yeah. would have taken the 8 o'clock stop, uh, spot from the Phillies. But this is kind of like the Eagles in primetime so much this year. When you're the big draw and the big ticket, yeah. you know, they want to put you in the prime time. Those are good problems to have. Uh, Mopar says pro 8 p.m., which means pregame drinks after dinner. Uh, Jamie and Renee, Patrick says happy Red October Eve. Same to you. Uh, Chez Sock, whatever that is. Chez Cow X. Chez Cow X says Chez love cow. the 8 p.m. start time. Uh, you know. 7, 7.30 would have been time. great. It is prime time. I'll it is prime that. time. That's a good you point. Got, you got the ESPN crew coming down here with yeah. A-Rod and all that. Uh, so it, it is the marquee matchup. I think ESPN knows it's a divisional series and I anything can happen. I still would take happen. a solid 7 o'clock, though. Something about 7 versus 8, it just sounds so much later. Um, I will also say I'm going to challenge you, Jamie, every time. I know somebody said they can't wait to uh, – chug a beer with you Ooh, I, all right. I think everybody should chug a beer with jamie every time you see him uh so <laughs> i'm not good i can chug out of a pine glass okay out of a can i can i'd rather shotgun okay so you're so, shotgunning beers with everybody that's gonna be yeah we can do some red october shotguns in the lot no problem 
for every person. Twist my arm, Find if us. you will. Find us, and you get the shotgun and be with Jamie. I don't drink beer, but let's so do I'm it not collectively as a group. I don't need like twelve different people coming and challenging me. I was waiting for you to, to realize that's very dangerous. Let's Listen, the fun part is we do have a post game show. So yes. the pregame show is one thing. It's early. It's before the tailgate. The post game show. You can't be at the ballpark and not be drinking. Yeah. And then you can't and you can't babysit a drink either. Yeah, you wanna, everybody you buckle in it. for a bender here. It's playoff time. <laughs> you want it. We've been waiting for this. Shotgun is. See, yeah. I'm not a beer person, so I don't shotgun. I can only chug out of a pint yeah. glass out of the. Uh, I, I'm not going to be Jason Jetro Kelsey. Where will we be? Uh, I don't <laughs> know the exact details, but we will get that for you. Uh, It'll be very obvious. To yeah, find you'll, us, you'll know where we like. are. Sean Melody says, "I love and I hate it. It helps with some work stuff, but it does make for later nights. Just, and and after a game like a playoff baseball game, yeah, I'm I'm ramped up. You're wired, and it's just hard to go to sleep right away, even if we weren't doing the post game show. That's why if it's like a six seven o'clock game start then when it's done you can still be maybe you're you're back drinking some more celebrating whatever it is in the parking lot like when it's done when the eight o'clock game ends it's time to go home and go to bed like at that point it's it's, it is past bedtime so it is hard because you're wired you're excited the weather looks like it's going to be nice thank goodness knock on wood this week looks great it's it's set, it would be a perfect, like this, right now it's, well, it's only 11.50. It feels way later in the day right now. Should but we crack a beer? Is that what you're saying? You're, you're getting <laughs> basically, ready? Basically, I've been up since like four, so I'm why, <laughs> I'm, to me it's like six in the afternoon. But honestly, you think about drinking some beer for you beer drinkers, for myself, my drinks Well, Sean choice. says he'll bring some Tully you know, to the lots for us. There you so go, you know, there you go. You can you join Sean in a, in a Tully toast. <laughs> tully um, toast. Yes, Patrick Some Glenn shandy, summer sa- shandy. Says he's still hanging on to the summer shandy dreams. That a guy. Don't give up. Yeah, don't don't give in to this crap pumpkin season. Wow. Yeah, I hate pumpkin beers. Oh, ew, no. Pump- mm. I think it's weird. I hate pumpkin everything for the most part. I like pumpkin pie. I think it's overrated. Oh. That's a hot take. Oh. I know a lot of people love it, and I'm Apple sorry. Apple pie is definitely my go-to. Hands um, down. I could eat that breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert. I'm more pro pie than pro cake. Is that a, a take? I love cake, as a cake is currently sitting in my refrigerator. Except for that cookie cake. Mmm. Hmm. And ice cream cake. (laughs) Anyway, let's pull out of that rabbit hole. Before we go down that rabbit hole, um, I will also say I went on FOCO and purchased some new stuff. Did you? Nice. Yeah, they've got some some Take October gear. They've got some some cool stuff stuff there. So FOCO has you... Covered for all of the merchandise, collectibles, apparel. They've got the overalls. They've got the friendship bracelets. Anything you're looking to buy so that when we are meeting you in Jetro or at Citizen Bank Park, we can all be rocking our gear. And use that code PHLY for that 10% off of your order. I did use the code PHLY also as well because why not? You guys can use it and so can we. So head on over to FOCO. Use that code PHLY. Get 10% off because it's Red October, but it's also Take October. And I don't like the fact that everybody's rock and take October. I thought it was our thing, and I was really excited. And oh, then I saw every other team with a take October uh, shirt. It must be from MLB, then. It is. And it's just, to me, like, Red October has been our, our go-to postseason mantra. Well, and the, then uh, I, was, I loved the take October. The team hashtag is officially shifted. It's no longer ring the bell with the, the bell. It's now make Red sure October. Make sure you use Red October. So, you know, on Twitter, <laughs> oh, make sure you guys are using the right hashtag. <laughs> it's Twitter official. But I, I was really excited. Thank you, Will. I appreciate you always. I was really excited. I liked take October. I felt like it was a 
uh, growing up from Red October that we're now going to take October. And then as I was watching the Marlins celebrate Ew. and other teams in their clubhouse celebrating and they were wearing take October shirts, I felt Ew. cheated on. Yeah, that's <laughs> I didn't gross. like it. it I don't want to be a part weird. of everybody else's party. I don't, and I, I, and I you know what? I'm not going to lie. I ordered a take. This is the main reason I'm complaining. I ordered a take October hoodie because I thought it was our thing. I thought uh, it was special, and it's not yeah. special. Everybody oh, else is wearing. you got the hoodie, huh? I got the hoodie, thinking mm. like this is a Phillies thing, I but it's not. I do love the playoff hoodies. It's a major league baseball thing, and now I have to share with other people. Yeah, so I might be returning that. Yeah, Cash for the Ghost <laughs> agrees with you. I hate when, when everybody has the same. Yeah, slogan. it's weird. It's yeah. very weird. I mean, just keep it. Hashtag playoffs, whatever. Like, we don't need to all have take October. So we're gonna stick with Red October. If you're looking at a take October shirt. You didn't hear from me, but don't buy it. <laughs> didn't hear um, so yesterday, you know, <laughs> over the weekend, none, none of that mattered. Um, but it was nice to see Alec Bohm get his 20th home yes, run of the was. year yesterday up at Shitty Field. Um, <laughs> they, they raked yesterday. You know, Brandon Martian, as my daughter calls her. It was funny. I went to my high school's uh, homecoming football game this weekend. Ryan was asking you about that, by the way. Oh, yeah? You missed it. Ryan okay. was seeing how that went. Shout out, Ryan. Oh, the LaSalle game? Or yeah, I was asking about that. They LaSalle won. Game. A really good game over Our Calvert Hall. They won 38-34. Go LaSalle. They got the prep on Friday night at Franklin Field, though. That's probably not going to be a win. Uh, but anyway, the quarterback looks really well, good. It was a it was nice good week. Time. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> one of the guys at LaSalle saw my daughter, Skyler, and was like, Brandon Martian, right? Brandon Martian. Uh, so that was really cool to see. Uh, so Aww. Brandon Marsh went yard yesterday. Yesterday, Alec Bohm went yard. They they kind of raked uh, and they won, but this weekend didn't really mean anything uh, no. at all. As long as the guys were getting some rest and and getting their, you know, you saw a combination of guys pitching yesterday. Just guys getting, you know, those arms loose. And I heard Raul Abanez this morning on the radio, and he was asked like, "Do you, as a baseball player?" want that day or two off in between games or do you just kind of want to keep rolling with it and his answer was you just want to keep rolling with it because you're already in that habit of playing baseball mm -hmm. every day mm -hmm. and he's like yeah it's nice to get some sore muscles a day off here or there uh, but mostly you just want to get right back to it and stay in your routine uh, so they do have the day off today uh, I believe they're doing a light workout slash exercise down at Citizens Bank Park um, but for the most part, they're they're healthy entering the playoffs, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Now, the Marlins, on the inverse of that, are a little banged up. Uh, they have won five of their last six games, but Luis Arise, who's their best hitter, uh, is banged up. He said he expects to play on Tuesday, unfortunately. You never wish for injury, but he was already hurt. So it's just like, yeah, I'd prefer him to miss the game. I like to beat teams when they're at full strength. Eh, I'll take the victory however I can get it. No, because I don't want to give them any excuses and eh, reasons to say. I'm, I'm good with titles. <laughs> uh, the easiest path. I'm good no. with it. Yeah. Uh, and Sandy Alcantara, don't call me Alcantara, and uh, Perez for the Marlins are going to miss this series as the two of them are dealing with injuries. Now, Alcantara had, like, his worst year in, like, three or four years, um, but he's still kind of that big game pitcher. So you do dodge a little bit of a bullet there. Uh, but the Marlins did, as we mentioned, they won this season series seven games to six. Mm -hmm. um, so... It comes down to Zach Wheeler uh, opening up this series, and we'll get into some more nitty-gritty of this series, but how are you feeling about Zach Wheeler entering game one on the mound uh, versus the Marlins, who he's very familiar with? I'm thrilled. I love the fact that as we talk about the routine, Zach Wheeler's been able to work through the routine of getting the final regular season game earlier, uh, well, last week, actually, and then now being on 
schedule to start game one. Zach Wheeler has been very consistent, very just steady in the bullpen. Um, I do like the fact that I'm seeing in the chat some comments with Bomers, uh, 20 Bomers for the season. Um, six players with 20 or more homers is awesome for the Phillies. Um, also being able to see Bryce Harper, um, 20 plus of course as well, one of those, one of those players. And the Mets, yes, with, as Spiralot is talking about, we can all take it. Let's just all take a moment to laugh <laughs> at the Mets, who decided to show some life at the end of the regular season and, and win the first two games of the series. But I'm glad, as you mentioned, Phillies come away healthy. They're still on schedule. They were able to go deep into their rotation so that you were able to get players some rest. But I, as an athlete, do see the other side that you want rest, you want to be as healthy as you can, but you do want to stick to that routine. So I like that Wheeler and Nola, I agree with you, Mickey, are zoned in. They've got their rotation down they've been able to get some um reps in some practices in and are ready for now as we get into the wild card round to start and to get us started on the right foot and that's all you could ask for i think the phillies are in a really great situation because unlike teams like the marlins and others that were scrambling down the stretch to try to clinch a playoff spot the phillies having clinched you know, earlier last week, had a chance to now kind of sit back and, and have some more tactical decisions of just letting other other guys get get reps and get moments on the on the field, giving their usual suspects some rest and managing managing how much you know you really had to go deep into for the batting order and for the bullpen. So for Zach Wheeler specifically, I love it. I, this is exactly what we wanted. We didn't want Wheeler to have to be off schedule or anything like that. It's perfect. So wheels up. I agree with you, Cashman. Yeah, Mike Mike Bishop <laughs> says if we get September Nola, we're gonna be good. Mickey Late Durkin says Wheeler and Nola are both zoned in. Uh, Cashper wheels up, you know, six and two thirds to seven innings with eight strikeouts for Wheeler tomorrow is his prediction. Uh, and yes, the guy he will be facing in game one is a lefty, unfortunately. And mm -hmm. both starters for the Marlins in games one and two are going to be left-handed pitchers and their bullpen is left-handed dominant. Uh, so Tyler has created a little graphic here for us in Jesus Lizardo and his 2023 splits. Uh, nobody mess with the Jesus, man. Uh, do you know what movie? Oh. Nobody mess with the Jesus. Not with Denzel Washington. Eh? No, Big Lebowski. That was my next guess. Yeah. Uh, so in two starts versus the Phillies this year, he was 2-0, uh, 12 and a third innings pitched. Pretty respectable, 3-6 ERA with 14 Ks. He has been a little bit of a problem for them. But, as Tyler points out here in the graphic, on the road, he's a little more human. Uh, he's better at home. 5-5 five and five in 70 innings pitched on the road with a 4-4 ERA and 80 Ks. His last three starts... Tyler, you're really testing my eyesight out here. I'm sure it's easier for the YouTube people, but he's 1-0 uh, with a 1.96 ERA. I am due for a um, an eye doctor's <laughs> appointment, so I, I and fully admit my uh, that's next on my the prescription list. needs a little tweaking. I'm not gonna old age is a bitch. 18.1 innings pitched, 1.96 yes. ERA, 22 strikeouts. And, and the, uh, the concerning part <laughs> is his splits lefty versus righty. Yes. Now, this is going to be an interesting aspect of the game uh, because Christian Pache, Brandon Marsh, um, you know, Cave, all these mm -hmm. guys are not great versus left-handed pitching. Uh, Brandon Marsh hasn't faced a left-handed starter since August 30th. Uh, he is struggling versus left-handed pitching. Uh, and Christian Pache has just been kind of struggling offensively as well. So that left field spot becomes a serious question. Now, we all assume Bryce Harper is going to be your everyday first baseman in the playoffs. 
Schwarber's going to be your DH. So Matt Gelb from The Athletic wrote an interesting piece this weekend uh, in that it got me thinking, and Tyler and I before the show talked about it. I think it's ballsy and dumb if it happens, but it's playoff baseball and weird stuff happens. They made some roster tweaks over this weekend, and Weston Wilson, uh, a 29-year-old minor league phenom this year, had a career year down in the minors. Uh, I think he broke Tyler Wright. I'm going off my dumb brain here. That he broke Reese Hoskins' home run record uh, for the minors, I believe, this year. Had a really good year, Uh, but he's a right-handed bat, and there's the possibility, there's some chatter within the building that Weston Wilson could start the game yeah which to me man that takes some big ones by rob thompson and uh you know management down there to do that he hasn't really played all year um i I don't know how i feel about it It's it's just throwing a guy into the fire like that i know he's excited um it's it's a ballsy move yeah well mickey as you said weston here we come. Um, look, the numbers that he had uh, in AAA with Lehigh Valley were impressive. 31 homers, 86 RBIs across 544 play appearances. He has played in some major league games as well, was two for six with a home run across five major league games in his career. So it's not a high number that you're – Yeah, it's not a high number that you're, that you're looking at. Um, but – he is someone that has played it at this level. Um, the postseason is just a, such a tricky time to make decisions like I that. Know. You would have loved to see it in the – like how we were able to see Orion come in. You know, you'd love to see those moves happen a little bit sooner. But I'm also on the side of, like, why not? Like, when it comes to the playoffs, <laughs> you have to do everything you think will help win. And hope it works out, of course. See, now, like, but, yes, I completely agree. You know, there's agree. that risk. You're taking risk. But you're also taking a risk in not putting him out there and looking at Marsh and Pache. And if Marsh Pache, and Pache, exactly. go 0 for 4 both games, you're going, oh, man. And that's man. the thing. Like, you already – I think it's the tr- the tricky gamble of you already know what you could – what you're probably going to get from Marsh and, and Pache. Do you go with that? Probably not great at bats. And not great at bats. Or do you take the risk of someone that stellar consistently defense. been getting – Hits and homers at that. Um, uh, I don't know. It is a risk. Yeah, I'd love I'm, to see what everybody feels about it in the chat. Are you pro Weston Wilson getting a start in the playoffs, which seems wild to me. Uh, but some of the Matt Gelb quotes he was getting from people <laughs> really seem to think like there's strong chatter in the building. This wasn't like Matt Gelb's opinion. Uh, it, it seemed to be uh, heavily considered. Now, um, he did have that career year. Yeah. Uh, Lazardo has held lefties this year to a 215 264, 336 uh, split line. Uh, and as we talked about, it's not just Lazardo, it's also the bullpen, which is very lefty heavy as well. So it's not like you get a relief when the bullpen comes in if you're able to get to Lazardo. It's going to be more lefties coming up. You know, you have Andrew, AJ Puck, Andrew Nardi, uh, Stephen Okrit, and one of the best closers in baseball who's left handed as well. Mm-hmm. So it is uh, in Tanner Scott, their closer, who's been, you know, kind of lights out this year. So it is something to consider. I understand where they're coming from in it. And I I wouldn't disagree if I saw it. But, man, you're losing some stellar defense with Marsh. And and I assume Pache is not really considered. It's it's probably between Marsh and Wilson. But at the same time, it's like, man, game one of the playoffs is the first start. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Baptism by fire. By fire. Uh, that is but an intense spot to just make your debut. It is. And I know Chris in the chat, you're saying that he should not start start Pache. Greg, you're saying you'd be fine with either angle. It seems like it's mixed res responses and what you guys are saying in the chat. You do need to set the tone early, Patrick. I, I agree with that. You know, I think the hard part is... You want to set the tone early, but what does that look like? You know, again, it's a risk. You really don't know. And I, I feel like this is the tough part for a Rob Thompson, for any manager, is that you have to not only put the best guys out there, but the best guys that fit strategy of what your opponent's doing. And there's a mixture of sticking to your game plan and, and sticking to what Phillies baseball is all about, but then also being mindful of, as you're looking at film and footage of what the Marlins are, are doing, to try to put out the best combination that can, you know, go against them. Yeah. So it is a tough balance because you don't want to completely throw your game plan out the window. So the Phillies do have a big analytical department, and right. there is heavy influence from them when it comes to Rob Thompson and game day decisions. Right. So if you're just looking from an analytical aspect, granted it's not against Major League Pitching, which – that's awesome. <laughs> That's a big qualifier It's a here. big qualifier um, for sure. You know, it's clear you would go with Weston Wilson, the right-handed batter. But baseball's weird, and there's intangibles, and there's defense, and there's speed, and there's these things. And it's the playoffs. Yeah, and who knows? Like, Brandon Marsh <laughs> might, you know, this team offensively has shown you that they're clutch all year. And who's to say that Brandon Marsh doesn't come up with a great at-bat and a clutch single or double in a big spot? It's the, This is a really tough decision for them to make. Um, mm -hmm. So... It's going to be interesting to see. It's definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, I believe it was Castro. The reason Weston Wilson wasn't up here earlier, he was down in Florida at the, in Clearwater with some of the players who were who were just staying ready in case there's more call-ups. Uh, but Castro, they needed a certain date to retain his rights for next year, right. so they didn't call Weston up so they could have those rights over him. Baseball's weird with like the players' rights and all that stuff. So it was the long game for the Phillies. Understand why they did that, but I would have loved to have at least seen maybe a week or 10 days of Weston Wilson That's the before tough just throwing him into that atmosphere. Yeah, we'd like to see to your question, Rick, of is Weston Wilson a decent fielder? That's, that's part of it, too. We haven't seen enough of Weston Wilson in the majors. Again, was five games that we've seen, and that's a that's a long time ago. That was Man, not the season. I can't lie to you until you've been watching Le Lehigh games. I can't no. tell you how and good his I mean, fielding I, is. Now, that is something I know even Garrett Stubbs have talked about it before. You know, the Phillies, their coaches do a great job of watching the different players sure. that are playing with Lehigh and, and continuing to evaluate them as the season goes on. So we leave that to them in this, in this scenario. But it is tough because you'd love to have seen at least – a couple, like you said, a couple days, something. Yeah, like Orion at least gave us enough to go off of to feel more optimistic that if Orion's name gets to call, that, you know, Captain Kirk's going to be ready to deliver. But I do also feel like the Phillies are in a good place just team-wise. I know we talk about how they're such a likable team. They do a really good job of being selfless and the confidence and supporting each other. And I would like to think that regardless who gets to start, they're going to, if it's not Brandon Marsh, for example, he's still going to bring the right attitude. He's still, it's not going to affect him anyway. They're all about whatever it takes to help us win. So it's the, it's the next player up mentality, and we'll see if which player that is. And yeah. I don't know. It's not an easy decision at all. And, but and Mickey in the chat we'll said ACDC wrote that song, Big Balls, <laughs> about Rob Thompson. So, look, if he throws him out there, that is uh, – that's it's the definition of, move. yeah, putting them on the table. And, 
you know, I'm sure he has uh, confidence. You know, again, he's like a 29-year-old rookie. Who knows? Maybe when we do the World Series yearbook, we look back at the Weston Wilson start as like one of those moments where it's like, wow, this guy pushed all the right buttons. Who knows? But it's something to keep an eye on for tomorrow. I'll be antsy to see that lineup tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I think gates are opening at 538, which, as Alex Coffey pointed out, very specific time. Extremely specific. <laughs> like, why not just My call it 545? 538! Uh, so the gates open then. Exactly I imagine the 538. Yeah, I would imagine the lineup's probably out by like 430 or 5. That's just a guess. Uh, so I will be a, a little bit on edge. So we talked about that because of the Marlins, you know, left-handed pitching, dominance. Now let's take a look at the Marlins hitters versus Zach Wheeler this year. Uh, somebody in the chat called him the uh, the, Mar- the fish fryer. And Zach <laughs> Wheeler, um, Tyler, my eyes... Um, dog doo-doo uh, so if you can enlarge <laughs> that a little bit for me that would be there awesome you go, there you have it so here's the marlins hitters for the youtube crowd right there versus wheeler this year as you can see you know jazz chisholm i think is a guy yeah there's two marlins i know i'm gonna hate after this it's series definitely jazz and i think it's jazz chisholm and uh, aj pucked in the uh, bullpen i think those are gonna be my two hate the face guys uh but you can see Luisa rise only batted 222 versus Zach Wheeler this year with an on base of only 222, meaning he didn't walk. Uh, slugging was only 333. So that's really encouraging to see. Josh Bell, who's their home run hitter, was able to get some power off of uh, Wheeler there with the three home runs and six RBIs, 278 average. He mostly did the best outside of Chisholm, who is that kind of on base guy, got on base mm-hmm. at a 417 clip. But the rest of the lineup you look at, he, he held the team overall to a 250 batting average, a 289 on base, and only a 396 slugging. So it's very encouraging that he was able to keep a rise in check because he's one of those annoying at-bat guys, kind of like Bryson Stott, where he's going he's gonna to work your pitcher and do all the things you hate to see. But everybody else, Zach Wheeler had a really good year against, and that's really encouraging to see. Very much so. And, and uh, it's the numbers that Zach Wheeler has put up have been exactly why he's the guy that we want to start game one. You talk about setting the tone. What better way to, than to have Zach Wheeler pitching to start off the wild card round? And as you guys are saying in the chat, um, yeah, this is, this is definitely wheels up <laughs> for sure. Let's hope. Um, it's, it's encouraging to see. It's exciting to see the numbers. But as we talk about it, it's playoff baseball. It's a totally different beast. And so we're looking forward to seeing for all of the Phillies, especially Zach Wheeler, that they can come out and bring that high level that we expect them to bring, play consistently, not have a drop-off, um, and that we can make sure that – you're taking care of business from game one. And if you're also looking to take care of business, you can head over to the Game Time app because the Game Time app has you squared away with tickets. It is playoff time, so why not head over to the Game Time app, be able to use code PHLY, get $20 off of your purchase for any games, concerts, anything that you're looking to attend. And the Game Time app is a spot to do it. Again, that code is PHLY for $20 off. All right, we can get deeper into it now, Jamie. Um, Obviously, we will have our pregame show tomorrow where we'll be able to dive in even more into breaking down the matchups but overall you're feeling good about how the Phillies have been looking of course there's some question marks around you know who gets to call who gets to start but overall feeling good not too stressed out over there no gray hairs I just wanted to be here it's more (laughs) like uh, a nervous excitement um just waiting for tomorrow I'm gonna wake up early tomorrow and uh 
be itching. And that's part of why the eight o'clock almost like I hate too, because it's like you have to true. wait longer and longer and longer. Uh, and I just love day baseball. But Tyler, our producer here, raised a really good point before the show today. Uh, and we talked about Lizardo's dominance over left-handed hitters and, and why Weston Wilson might get a start tomorrow. By the way, Weston in the minors versus lefties batted 325 with a 416 on base and a 609 uh, slugging. So uh, really good uh, numbers for him. On the other hand, the right-handed bats, Tyler raises the point that Nick Castellanos and mm-hmm. JT Real Muto are going to have to be pretty cru- crucial for you because uh, it's not like – it's just one game you're getting a lefty. It's two games you're getting the lefty starter uh, from the Marlins there. So those right-handed bats are going to be critical in this series. And Castellanos had a career year. He had a good end of the season. So did JT. Uh, so seeing them and the, kind of their comfortability in the box right off the bat tomorrow could be a real crucial point for the Phillies. Uh, how you feeling with JT and Castellanos entering the playoffs? Oh. Are we, are we going to be eating Scooby Snacks? I'm feeling so much better. We've got Chef Casty and we've got JT, who's playing well at home. And that 8-3 and three record for the Phillies in the last 11 games, a big part of that as they close out the regular season was because you had Nick Castellanos, JT Romuto, Stubbs getting his first home run of the season. You know, different players that were helping contribute. And we, we challenged on this show, we've challenged them. And to see them, whether it's – offensively getting hits and home runs, but also on the other side of the ball, you know, making big defensive plays. Those are the types of things that are going to absolutely help the Phillies um, at this point in the season. That's what makes them a team that's built for the postseason because the depth, the, the um, you know, players like Rojas, who we haven't even talked about yet on the show, which is wild. Yeah, um, he's an X factor for sure. <laughs> Johan Rojas is an X factor. There are those X factors that can definitely – in a pinch moment, make a big play. Uh, Mickey, you're saying, Cassie, this his stats is your first on the team in RBIs, hits, and doubles. Quietly a dominant you know, year. It's, we, that's the thing. We talk about Bryce Harper. We talk about the emergence of Bryson Stodd and Trey Turner. But you love that you have more. It's, it's more than that. And that's what makes this team so dangerous because when you look across the entire playoffs of all the teams that are in, the Phillies are, are one of the deeper teams. Yeah, they you know, are. The batting and order especially is, yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah, and I, I heard Raul Abanez this morning just talking about this Phillies lineup. Uh, when, and when you have the luxury of putting a Castellanos at like sixth in the order, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a luxury <laughs> that few other teams have. Uh, and, then, you know, if JT's batting fifth, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be analyzing the lineup tomorrow with a, with a <laughs> microscope going over everything. Oh, yeah. But, it, I mean, it is a deep lineup, and it's a nasty offense, and they're clutch, which is what playoff baseball is all, a lot, it's uh, all about. It's not just hits. It's home runs. You look at the fact there are— Second ever best season for home yeah. runs for the Phillies in their history, and it's wild to think that they lost Reese Hoskins, mm-hmm. a potential, you know, 30, 32, 33 home run Alec guy. Boehm. Bone gets his 20 spot yesterday. So, you know, this team is nasty offensively. And, you know, as much as we talk about Lazardo versus, you know, lefties and all that, I'm sure he's also going, ah, damn, this Phillies team is deep. Oh, yeah. Uh, They should be definitely more nervous and cringing um, than we are because you're facing up against some heavy yeah. hitters. Yeah, and if you get literally. if you get <laughs> Rojas and you know Weston Wilson or Brandon Marsh to contribute a little bit at the bottom of the order, you know Kyle Schwarber, 
you know, then he becomes kind of a cleanup hitter mm-hmm. a little bit if those guys can get on base. So, you know, there's really no deep breaths or uh, time <laughs> off for these pitchers on the mound versus this Phillies lineup. And, uh, yeah, I feel I feel pretty good entering yeah. this series. Uh, we're not going to talk about the next round yet because we're not going to do that. <laughs> like uh, Mickey said, it's the whole damn team. It Jason is. Kelsey I mean, voice. It is. Honestly, let's flip it. There was a time we were sitting up talking about how many players are struggling. And, yes, there's still a Craig Kimbrell and different names. But when you really look across the Phillies roster, there's not many guys you can point to and say, Ugh, I don't know what they're going to do. They're, Even Sir you know, Anthony, who was that Sir guy Anthony. in his last two outings, looked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And Kimbrell, as we talked about. But something about Kimbrell, and I don't know if it's the Hall of Fame career or yeah. just, like, feeding off of adrenaline, I feel like he's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe a couple of days rest. He did have, you know, a huge workload this year. He was yeah. one of the few guys yeah. that wasn't hurt back there. Uh, so we pitched a ton of innings. But I, I, maybe it's I'm looking at it with Philly's goggles on. But I feel like Kimbrel's gonna. I think he's gonna answer the call in the playoffs. I, I, I really do feel pretty good there. Uh, and speaking of like the rotation, the Phillies had the you know an innings pitched and all that the Phillies had the highest innings pitched of any staff in baseball this year Mm -hmm. Uh, so these guys have plenty of experience under their belts Uh, I think it was the Mariners were right behind them in terms of innings pitched Uh, and they had the highest war as a staff in baseball the next closest you know F4 is real Tyler geek stuff here with baseball stuff (laughs) uh, was four games worse than the Phillies when it comes to starting rotation so this starting pitching and I saw some people say earlier you know if we get September Nola and Wheeler they're gonna be fine and I do think the bullpen has rounded a corner and become a strength again Uh, and we'll see you know Lorenzen and Sanchez how they're used if 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 game one's not going great Mm -hmm. another thing to keep an eye on is does Rob Thompson go to Ranger Suarez right because you saw it last year him come out of the pen and do a great job because then it's kind of game three all hands on deck and you can kind of go Sanchez there so there's going to be a lot to keep an eye on in game one and how it affects the rest of this series and we'll deal with next series yeah, when we get there to are, it. There are options. Again, like you said, Ranger Suarez, Sanchez, that if if Zach Wheeler or Aaron Nola is not getting the job done, that you can always call, you know, you can make those adjustments. Looking at the pitching matchups, though, for game one, uh, we do have, as we talk about, Zach Wheeler, Jesus Luzardo. I know, Tyler, we can – perfect. Um, so this is how it gets start, started. And that 808, which is why it's stupid. 538, because they're being exact a second. And it's Zach Wheeler versus Jesus Luzardo. And and then game two, Aaron Nola taking is getting the start as Braxton Miller will s- start on the mound for those pesky, annoying Marlins. But then game three, of course, to be determined, only if necessary. But it's 808, 808, 808. Yeah. And uh, that's Stupid that's the that's times. the recipe for success that we're starting off. Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, and that is how we're going to be rolling. And that's exactly what we want at this point in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we will be doing a pregame show. Uh, we will let you know, but we're going to announce after the show how you can win tickets to game two. If you've seen the secondary market prices, uh, you know you're going to want to get involved with this giveaway. So for sure, pay attention to at PHLY underscore Phillies. Uh, if you can like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, we always appreciate you there. Uh, and the diehard memberships are going great. I believe the T-shirts yes. are going out 
uh, very soon here. There those are. I have the, the Phillies-themed one on the far left, as I believe you do as well. It's an awesome shirt. Uh, so those shirts are only going to grow and grow uh, as, we, as we get off the ground and running here. So check all that stuff out. Um, let me rip Major League Baseball real quick here before we take a look at the you know, entirety of Major League Baseball in the playoff picture here. Bryce you don't Harper. want to do your DraftKings really quickly before you go into your... Oh, I will. Let me just rip Major League oh Baseball boy. first. Okay. Bryce Harper was fined <laughs> $5,000 yesterday, the largest fine of his career for throwing his helmet in the stands the other night, <sighs> which recklessly endangered the safety of fans. <laughs> he is appealing it. If you're Major League Baseball and you're sitting there and you see this little kid end up with a helmet that he signed and you have a baseball fan for life, you made that kid's year, baseball existence while he's on this earth. He will be a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies and your sport. And I know $5,000 is a quarter to me and you. So it's really, you know, nothing to somebody like Bryce Harper. But I just found it to be incredibly tone deaf. I understand you don't want guys like rocketing, you know, balls and bats and helmets in the stands, but he tossed it up in the air. Yeah. You know, people are going to catch that. He didn't endanger shit. I just thought that was such a lame. I hope the appeal gets overturned. Uh, I just thought that was such a lame thing by baseball. It, it is because I feel like leagues try sometimes too hard to manage players and put all these rules in place because they want to control players is what it honestly is. And when you have a play like this where Bryce Harper is frustrated, he didn't, like you said, the way he threw it was not this malicious, like you're, you know, full speed throwing no. it at, at somebody. He just tossed it up in the air. And is it the right thing to do? No, absolutely not. It's not, you don't, you don't want to encourage that behavior that people are just chucking equipment and things in the air. But like you said, this, this created a moment that was not only viral, but was such a positive moment yeah. out of a terrible situation. It went from him being ejected. He's, he's fussing and cussing and how about you find and Angel Hernandez and then, for causing that moment and racing on Angel Hernandez and then you turn around and you have a positive moment that this 10 year old has a moment and a memory that well, as you mentioned for life we'll never forget so I I I am annoyed by the fact that we're even having this conversation because it's like it's it's already bad enough that he was ejected to begin with and now it feels like we're dragging things on and adding a fine to it and I'm all with Bryce Harper appealing because you know what you've got to make a stand at some point yeah the league the umpires cannot continue to have such an impact on the game make these bogus calls and then you're just supposed to stand for it yeah. you know I don't I don't mind and in a moment like that it's it's meaningless to I mean you get ejected it is what it is, but it, it makes the um, the league look like a joke. I the agree root with you, of the Patrick. problem is Angel that, Hernandez that, here, exactly. not Bryce Harper that's, throwing a That's helmet. where we should be holding account, someone accountable. That's where we should be under the microscope taking a look at the call, you know, Angel Hernandez's performance overall. But to continue to harp on Bryce is just too much, and there's no reason to continue to try to control players and want to control how they how they react and control what, how they celebrate and control how they get ejected and control. It's too much and what makes the league great is the Bryce Harpers yeah. not the Angel Hernandez's so let him be great and in this moment he was emotional 
chucked his helmet, but like you said, chucked it in the air. Yeah. That there's no reason to have all yeah, this. So hypothetical I, man and Mickey ugh. and some others are saying, please tell me Angel Hernandez won't be in the playoffs. It's not supposed um, to be. He, he probably won't be because he's routinely graded as one of the worst empires in baseball. Uh, so you know, playoff umpires are uh, you know based on grades, and you kind of have to earn it. Uh, you know where else you can earn it? And that's DraftKings Sportsbook. Things are heating up in the ballpark. Every team is playing to the finish this year to make it to the playoffs. And with DraftKings Sportsbook, you won't miss a moment of the baseball action. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Plus, all customers can take a crack at a sweet parlay with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. String together multiple bets from a single game and shot your shot at a major payout. I'll probably cook together a little Same Game Parlay tomorrow. Okay. The playoff vibes in the air. I'll see what the, we'll see what the uh, universe is telling me. If you're waiting for, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use that code PHLY. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. I, I don't. I wasn't really. Uh, yeah, what's going pushing on? Pushing for the for the record today. I'm so. Should, should wow. we start that over yeah, again? Yeah. What are you doing? Right, I was right. so ready. I know. I, I, I actually came into today, and one of the things I was. Oh thinking wow! Was we even Jamie. have a timer on the screen. Oh my god! <laughs> I let everyone down. Well, I was. Right, as right. we came in today, I was literally You're like, right. Jamie has to be You're right. 31 point it's something. It's playoff time. I gotta play it like a champion. It is playoff time. You're messing up. The people right. are waiting. Right. We're all waiting. All right. All right. Terrible. All right. all right, here we go. Stepping up to the bat and striking it's out over here. Time. Play like Let's a go. champion. No Get excuses. Get your head in the game. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Late Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash baseball for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire after seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. It's the Ontario spot. It gets you every time. Well, this you is also rolling. new copy, so this is my first time going through it. They changed uh, up the website on me because it's baseball specific. Yeah, no we're excuses. disappointed. Spiral out. We're so disappointed. Yeah. You, I I'll mean, be better tomorrow. You know what? You're consistent, though, because that was still around 3109. Okay. That's like your time. You got to get you under uh, 31, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I tough. I think it's... I think you can do it. Yeah. Just well, practice. Yeah. Practice makes perfect. All right. As we get out of here today, <laughs> Tyler has a graphic for you, YouTube people of the playoff picture in its entirety. Uh, and here you have it. So the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to be in Milwaukee taking on the Brewers in that series. I very much like the Brewers to win that series. And that's going to be a hell of a series there uh, if the Dodgers are hosting the Brewers. Obviously, we know Marlins Phillies here. The winner of that gets the luxury of playing the Braves. Over in the AL, uh, your two teams with buys, those stinking, cheating Houston Astros, and the <laughs> Baltimore Orioles, which honestly is one of the cooler stories in baseball this year. Uh, but your wild card series are the Texas Rangers and the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, that should be a pretty good series. Uh, and then your Toronto Blue Jays are taking on the Minnesota Twins, uh, and they get the luxury of going to Houston. So there is your your playoff format. Really kind of a shame there wasn't a, a true West Coast team to take I these know. 8 o'clock games from us. 
but it should be some really good series here uh, as, you know, it's going to be a jam-packed day of day baseball tomorrow leading up to the Phillies at 8 o'clock. Yeah, and there were some firsts for a lot of those teams that clinched, the Rangers being one of them, their first time since 2016, and that comes just a couple of years after losing 100 games. Um, and, and They spent some money to get yeah, here. Yeah, they that's spent some sure. money to get here, and it paid off. Um, the Astros, with their seventh consecutive trip to the postseason, blah. Um, yeah, they're so annoying. <laughs> they're so annoying. We don't like you. Um, even the Marlins, as we talked about, their first time in 20 years of a full regular season, excluding that 2020 season. And then, as we know, with uh, the Arizona, Arizona in general barely got in. Uh, it seems like the Cubs and Diamondbacks were not really sure who wanted to go to the postseason. And the Diamondbacks' loss is what helped the Marlins get matched up against us Phillies for the first round. So it, it just was very interesting to watch how the final weekend played out of teams clinching and then teams that dropped the ball and really missed out on their first trip. Now the Diamondbacks do get their first trip to the postseason yeah, but they in lost six four years. But they, five, they, right, they barely did that. I mean, I just, it says a lot about a team and your character when you are in the biggest pressure moments and all you have to do is win and you continuously drop results yeah, game and, after game. So and, uh, shout Chicago, out to our CHGO people. That can't be uh, a great Monday over there. That's uh, it's a tough day to do a show out there. We don't know what that's Cubs like. Fan. What is yeah. that? You know, you just the regular season's over and you're done. That's yeah, weird. That's, I don't know what we don't know what that's like. And yeah, so plus the Bears. It's just not a. Is it ever a good time to be a Chicago sports fan? I think that's one of the more frustrating areas to live in as a sports well, fan. Well, the 90s you know, like, were pretty good for the Bulls. Um, yeah, and the Blackhawks beat us in the Stanley 20, Cup. 20... Yeah, I know. But you know, that's, that's going back some time I'm now. I'm beginning to think I'm never going to see an NBA championship in my life. Uh, and make sure you're tuned in to our <laughs> PHLY Sixers squad today. It is media day, a.k.a. Yes. the circus is in town. Uh, because James Harden has a full diaper and isn't reporting to camp right away. Uh, but Kyle and Derek are going to be out at Colorado State this week uh, where they're holding their training camp. Colorado State, like, Silly. random as hell. Yeah. I think they just want Is people it? to, like, not yeah. cover them right now because James Harden's such a baby. Uh, he has to realize that nobody really wants him right now. Like, yeah. he's making himself a poison pill. Just play the year. Make a market for yourself and and call it. Quits. I was never already. I was never a fan of James Harden. To well, be I do think Daryl Morey had worse. a hand in this. Yeah, but for sure. At the same time, dude, you there's have to always, realize nobody really wants you. That there's bad. always three sides to every story, and I'm not going to put all fault on James Harden, but. As a professional, the way he's handling it, you as can. a professional and a grown yeah. ass man, yes, yeah. absolutely, it's too much. It's immature. It's giving me Kyrie vibes, um, and it's not something that you, you. There's just no reason to do all this. I mean, the, on the other side, former Sixers Jimmy Butler got a silk press for a media day. I don't know if you saw that on he Twitter. Got his what? A silk press, like his hair straightened out. Oh, did he? He was like, okay, oh, like flat. You yeah. know why he does this, which I actually find he very funny. Loves is, it. Is because the picture gets used all year. <laughs> so like, anytime they flash a, a graphic of him, yeah. it's going to be him in video games. That's going to be him. He, like all that stuff. Just, it just is ridiculous. But yeah. I, I would take those problems of Jimmy Butler showing up to me today with a silk press in Philly versus James Harden maybe not showing up yeah, to me today so at all. So Check out nah. our Sixers guys today. <laughs> they'll they'll have uh, the latest from the circus over in Camden today. As, uh, and Joel Embiid tweeting out yesterday and Daryl Morey liking it. Like, it's just so exhausting. But we're happy that the rest of the teams in Philly are yes. consistently – doing well Phillies Eagles Union yes but the Sixers and Flyers it's oh, those man. Wells Fargo teams they're just yeah. really not doing so hot over there and <laughs> as we get out of here two little baseball nuggets uh, that I felt like we should mention I gotta pour one out for my man Gabe oh the Gabe, cap Gabe uh 
Probably needs to work on his personal relationships within those clubhouses. And admitted, kind of admitted that yeah, afterwards. Like, I should have done more. He's real and weird. And that's kind of the reason I liked him, is I like weird. Um, but it appears it's too weird now, and you're burning bridges everywhere you go. And the other that's one, which was kind now. of a surprise, was Mets manager Buck Walter yesterday on the podium after the game goes... Yeah, that's it for me. I'm out of here. Is that a surprise, though? I mean, it's the Mets, and they're they, a loser. They did make the playoffs last year. Yeah. And but then, then they turned around. And they do have a decent youth, you know, and change for the future in their farm yeah, system. Yeah, but so like, there's, Walter, seen but enough. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> it, but, like, as, for the Mets, there's only so much optimism you can have. Yeah. Um, that was surprising. But Gabe was, I think, a little bit more surprising because the regular season hadn't come to an end yet. There's one more series left. Yeah. And it's like Gabe's out and he was posting his long behind social media farewell about yeah, like a, uh, how much he loves the people and his dad helped get him, you know, experiences in the city when he was a kid and he's all about the burgers and all this. It's just, there was a lot of, a yeah. lot going on there. He's a Gabe. strange dude, but it I think he lot. gets the most out lot. of his teams and he just makes these weird relationships within it. So yeah, whatever. Um, we can always laugh at the Mets and hashtag LOL Mets. Uh, but for <laughs> Renee Washington, I'm Jamie Lynch. Pay attention to our Twitter account after the show here. We're going to tell you how you can win tickets to game two. Uh, but it's at PHLY underscore Phillies. You can follow our main account at PHLY underscore sports. Make sure you're liking this channel, subscribing, tell, tell your friends. Uh, this is a fun place to experience Red October together. Renee and I are going to do our best. And if that oh, yeah. means I have to shotgun 12 beers tomorrow, don't test me. I'll do it. Whoa. Or just tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a friend so Jamie's not drunk and Or out of let's shotgun beers in the lot. I already said that earlier. A lot of them. I already said that too. It's You're going to shotgun October. beers with everybody. All of you, every <laughs> single person. When you find us, your prize is you get to shotgun a beer with Jamie. Yes. So I don't know if it gets any better than that. Jamie, yes. just be make sure you're hydrating tonight so we're not <laughs> carrying you onto the show today. But we will be back tomorrow <laughs> for game one pregame show. Playoff baseball is back, and we're gonna have a blast going through this together. For Renee, I'm Jamie Lynch, and for Tyler Zuli, our producer behind behind the non-existent glass there. Have a great Monday. Playoff baseball is almost here. Only one more sleep. We're very close. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast uh, after the show. If you miss us live on YouTube, the podcast is always there for you whenever you can listen. So we appreciate all your time. Go Phils. Right Have October. a great Monday, everyone. And we'll see you tomorrow for Phillies Game 1 pregame. Mm -hmm.